Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And that's that's the exact sort of vibe I was after, Brian, because it's this Aussie Open time. It's Grand Slam tennis time. And if that doesn't just G you up a little bit, nothing really will, especially here in New Zealand. It just goes on. You flick it on in the afternoon. You watch it till late at night. And, uh, boy, there have been some really interesting results already. Great to see uh, girls uh, Coco Goff and Alina Svitolina just get their tournament underway with a couple of straight sets. Um, disappointing, in a way, for the tournament that Naomi Osaka couldn't stick around for a little bit longer, losing yesterday to Garcia. Uh, six, four, seven, six. But as the saying goes, as famous as any in radio, it's not a grand slam until Alex Gruskin gets a call from New Zealand. We better just do that. He is the editor of Cracked Rackets. He's always uh, got plenty of zest for grand slam tennis and everything life related. Alex, how are you? Well, it is a pleasure to be back. I called my parents last night when I got the text. I could tell them I can keep the lights on here at my home because I've gotten the call. (laughs) I am back on for another major. It is always a pleasure to join you. I'm feeling the noise. The girls rock the boys. Let's do this thing. Yeah, you got it. You got it. You always bring the the necessary energy. That's why we love you, mate. Um, Now, it's freezing temperatures. I don't know. What part of America do you live in, actually? That's something we've never figured out. Well, I try to keep it low key so the fans don't come storm my house, but I am currently in Indianapolis, Indiana, which is the Midwest region of the United States. I can tell you it is very cold outside right now. I am envisioning being in Melbourne for the Australian Open every day, even if I am currently wrapped up in a blanket while I enjoy the action on my laptop. Well, because I'm watching Josh Allen here throw darts in uh, Buffalo, right? And it, it, it looks absolutely freezing. Like, it looks Antarctic or, or uh, yeah, North Polish. Um, but that's not what we've got down here in this part of the world. Obviously, it's summer in the Aussie Open. There was uh, players battling with fatigue yesterday, which it's always amazing, really. It's it's like, what do they expect? You know, you've got a full preseason, and some players just still manage to come in overcooked. What is that about? Undercooked, rather. Well, no, it is fascinating. And look, the Australian Open is so uniquely placed in the tennis calendar in the sense that you have two weeks, two weeks of the season before you get to the first major of the year. And certainly you did see many players try to get a few matches under their belt before the year begins. But that's what's so fascinating about the Australian Open. It's quite literally a sprint out of the gates for all of these players. And to your point, if you didn't put the work in in the offseason, it becomes apparent very, very quickly So far, a bunch of men's seeds have been tested. I think eight of them have played five set matches. This is the fun stat to start. The seeds are seven and one on the men's side when pushed to that deciding set. So they have just been scrapping by thus far. But to your point, I'm a little bit nervous that there might be some upsets down the road, given some of them haven't looked their best yet. Yeah, I was watching Sitsa pass yesterday, and, and um, he dropped the first set. I think he was playing a lucky loser, so he was probably throwing a little bit. Um, it, it just takes them a while at this time of year to kind of – it's almost like finding their tennis legs, isn't it? 
Yeah, that's exactly it. And again, what stand, I always say the first two weeks of the season, the only things that should stand out are the extremes. Who are the people who are really good to start the year? Who are the people who are really bad to start the year? Because outside of that, again, it's two weeks of tennis. You can almost throw it in the garbage as soon as we get to March. But yeah, you saw it with Tsitsipas. He lost his opening set. Daniil Medvedev, the number three seed, he lost his opening set last night as well. You have last year's semifinalist, Karen Hatchinov, losing an opening set. You had seven women's seeds overall knocked out in first round play in day two. Like, I'm not sure if it's parody in the field or to your point, if, you know, again, everyone's enjoying the Aussie summer, maybe just a hair too much. Like there have been some surprising results so far, for sure. I caught a, a fair bit of the uh, Andy Murray, it's a very game. And, and honestly, it just was a bit sad to watch towards the end. So I, I kind of couldn't do it. I just don't know how many more years we need to watch Andy Murray, like kind of limping around the baseline. It just looks sore. It looks painful. But um, yeah, it's it's a funny one with him because he's a, he's a legend. He's hanging in there like some of these other legends, but it's pretty uncomfortable viewing sometimes. I cried. Like, I'll be honest. There were tears, uh, not real tears, but metaphorical tears <laughs> falling down my face because you're absolutely right. Like, it was devastating to see someone not just be better at tennis than Andy Murray, because, look, the guy's 36 years old. Like, some of these young guys might just hit the ball harder than him. That's how it can break on any given day. But to your point, yesterday in particular, he was just beaten in every facet of the game. Echeverry could hit the ball bigger than him. Echeverry was more consistent than him. Echeverry was stronger than him. Echeverry was faster than him. Echeverry had more hair on his head than Andy Murray. It was just all the signs pointing against Andy. And look, I'm of the position of, you know, he's got his own clothing brand at this point. You can play as long as you want when you've got that sort of money behind you. This is what Andy Murray wants to be doing. All power to you. We'll get to enjoy you as much as possible. But anyone who has expectations of Andy Murray entering an event, you are asking to disappoint yourself and shed both metaphorical and real tears along the way. Yeah, there were plenty of those people in the stadium as well, which is kind of even more heartbreaking because it was just like everybody was crying out for some sort of fight. And yeah. he, he just didn't really have it. Uh, Auckland's own Ben Shelton went through straight sets. Good to see. He's got so much promise. Um, we're in that Venn diagram together, aren't we, Alex? And um, your namesake, uh, the Demon. Well, he managed to walk over uh, Raonic in the end. What about the start to the year for this guy? He's the 10th seed coming in. He's as much as a, a local hope is on the men's side as we've seen in, in many years because um, I don't know if anyone ever actually thought Kyrgios had the medal to go all the way in this tournament. Um, the pressure seemed to always get to him. His start to the year and his genuine chances in this tournament, how do you rate it? Uh, it's a fascinating uh, question because he is in the most difficult section of the draw. He's in that Yannick okay. Sinner, who's the number four overall seed section. In that section, you have not only Sinner, but you have Alex Diemenauer as well. So just hypothetically, for Alex Diemenauer to win the title, he would have to go through fifth-seeded Andre Rublev, fourth-seeded Yannick Sinner, top-seeded Novak Djokovic, and then one of likely second-seeded uh, Carlos Alcaraz or third-seeded Daniil Medvedev to win the title. So, again, if we want to live in the real world, I don't think Alex Diemenauer is going to win the title. But I don't want to live in the real world. I want to come down to your world. I want to live in the Aussie summer. I want to have a little bit of fun. I think if there's any wild card who maybe can't beat all four of those guys, but could he beat one? Could he beat two of them? 
I absolutely think Demon Hour could. This is a guy who is unequivocally playing the best tennis of his career. A guy who beat Novak Djokovic in the opening week of the season, was top five in hardcourt victories, which is, of course, the surface this Australian Open is played on throughout the course of the 2023 season. He's always like... This is some of your listeners may not be able to relate to this, but bear with me. If you played tennis throughout the course of your life, you at some point had a nightmare one night about playing the player who tracks everything down, who is just this never ending drill. You're going side to side to side to <laughs> side. And that nightmare is Alex Diemenauer in real life. And like you start to get the sweats when you watch him play because the effort is just that visceral. He's playing good ball. He's clearly gotten stronger. He's also only 24 years old. So, yes, he's been a part of our lives for about half a decade now. He is still not in the prime of his career. And it does feel like this last year, his start to 2024, he could be ascending there. Again, in the real world, the path is really tough. In the fun world, he could make some noise, beat one of these guys and become a headline in week number two. Yeah, you're making perfect sense. He just seems to play the right way. Whatever the right way is, uh, I don't know, but he yeah. seems to play it. He, he just seems to have that really good character, and that's hard for a New Zealander to say about an Australian, believe <laughs> me. Um, now, if we want to stay up late tonight, and it'll be far past your bedtime, but we could. We might be getting up early to watch it. I don't know. Um, you'll watch Carlos Alcaraz Garcia, but he, he won't have – any issue issue with um, uh, Gasquet after what we saw in, in Auckland? He's another guy who's just is probably just a bit beyond them, I think, at this point. But w- what's a game today on the men's side you are uh, fascinated by? A player that you want to see for the first time in this tournament to see if they've got their legs underneath them? Well, let the record show. I am nocturnal during the course of these Australian Open events. I am staying up on New Zealand time specifically. A, just in case you guys call me so that I'm all – I feel like I'm your (laughs) grandmother in the sense that I'm like, guys, I'm waiting by the phone. Like, why aren't you going to call me? There's there's the joke that goes, you know – a guy called his grandmother and his grandmother's, you know, how are you? Grandmother, grandma says, oh, I haven't eaten in three months. And the kid says, why haven't you eaten in three months? It's like, well, in case you called, I didn't want my mouth full. That's me to you guys. That's the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> but, you know, beyond that, um, in terms of the draw you look at tonight and, uh, you know, again, I will be up for these matches. There are two names I would point to in particular. The first is Jack Draper. The 22-year-old from Great Britain, he just has the goods. And the reason he's not a top 25 player right now isn't because he doesn't have that level. It's because he's not healthy yet. Now, Draper was a finalist last week in Adelaide on the men's side, a guy who has had multiple top 20 victories, including a win over Tommy Paul last week. That's his potential second-round match, a rematch of that as well. The lefties just got the goods. Put him on your list of players to watch. And then put 18-year-old Jerry Shung on the list as well. The 18-year-old from China, a wild card into this event. He's facing American Mackie McDonald. Jerry Shung is just really good. Like I'm, there's no, I, I, there, I have nothing else to say except for this 18-year-old can hit the crap out of a tennis ball. Like he just, some people got it. And he is on the got it list. And any opportunity to watch him play this early in his career feels like a must for tennis fans. So if you're scrolling around, look, Alcaraz is always must watch TV. So I'm glad you brought him up. He's going to roll Gasquet, but you have a chance to watch Carlos Alcaraz. So watch him. But I would say those three guys in particular, the three to watch here on day three. Who is Mackie McDonald and why is he not a New York Yankees left field in 1944? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, he was. This is that he Benjamin buttoned, so he aged backwards, and so now he's in the tennis playing stage of his career. Obviously, he can play baseball a little longer. Look, he's a former NCAA champion. He's also a ridiculous athlete, and I say this in a kind way to get your listeners excited because hyperbole is fun. If you want to see the closest reincarnation to the Roger Federer forehand, watch how Mackie McDonald hits the ball. It is technically beautiful. Now, again, is he Roger Federer? He is not. But technically, it is beautiful. Yeah. All right. And I'll I'll, I'll sub that nine forty four out. We'll go a couple of decades later, right? For any save any confusion. Um, <laughs> now, now, on the women's side of the draw, as I said, uh, Svitolina and Coco Goff safely through. Um, we are very grateful to see that because they're two wonderful players, and they both um, were just uh, they performed beautifully. We hit when they were here in Auckland, just held themselves so well on and off the court. So we want them back. So if you could just pass on the goodwill, that'd be good. What do we have today that you're looking forward to? Who's someone you? really want to see all right i just sent the email the goodwill has been sent i mean top seed igish fiontech has to be the answer to that question she's the carlos alcaraz of the women's side arguably we should say carlos alcaraz is the igish fiontech of the men's side alcaraz excuse me fiontech four grand slam titles all ever uh, already she's the fourth youngest to hit that four title mark and if you watched her in united cup She's just come out of the gates swinging. And it feels like after she ascended to the world number one ranking in 2022, everyone that offseason, everyone heading into last year, the focus was, how do I beat Iga? Now this offseason, she gets the chance to say, okay, how do I respond to how all these players are trying to beat me? And so far, so good. She's won 16 consecutive matches. She's won 32 of her last 34 sets. She looks like a world number one supposed to look. She's playing 2020 Australian Open champion Sonia Kennan in round number one. That's just fascinating right off the bat. I would say that's the number one women's matchup to watch. But then Danielle Collins, a 2022 Australian Open finalist. She's taking on three-time major champ Angelique Kerber. You've got... Again, a bunch of really fun players, Emma Raducanu, Emma Navarro, so many good ones in action over the course of the day. I think it's actually a day where the women's side is a little bit more fun than the men. So if you haven't already, now's the day to tune into that draw. Yeah, absolutely. It just starts to starts to percolate from here, and that's why. And uh, you can so so you can have a meal between now and then. We'll call you at the start <laughs> of next week, so you can have some food, and then we'll call you at the start of next week, Alex. And we'll catch up as we start to get into the uh, the pointy end of the tournament, mate. It's always so good to talk. Now, did you have anything for us? Are you um you got any queries? You you want to you want any I guess information around anything in particular? Well, I'm really happy you bring this up, and I need to give a massive thank you to your producer, whom I asked this question of, because you mentioned how freezing it is right now in the United States. My parents are ready to get out of here. They're ready to ditch their kids, head to New Zealand. We were supposed to, as a family, make that trip in 2020. I don't know if you've heard uh, if it made it to the island, but there's this pandemic that sort of slowed that down. And so unfortunately, that put the kibosh on that trip. But my parents are coming back to celebrate this year. And this is a direct quote from my mother, whom I love dearly. And this is why she's the number one woman in my life. And you'll understand why after this question. She asked me to ask the following question, quote, I hear New Zealand has very good ice cream. What flavor should I get? That's a direct quote. That was the first question she offered me for you. That's why I love that woman. That's what's on her mind. Is there any truth to that? 
this is shitty. Your mum, out of everything, not what beach to go to, not uh, if to, what island to go to even, because there's multiple, um, what ice cream to get. <laughs> um, yeah, look, it's true. So we have like, you, you know, like you've got 7-Elevens or whatever you have, um, okay. bodegas. Um, <laughs> I think that's what a bodega is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we've, we've got, I guess, dairies, they're called, corner stores. So you drive through these little towns in New Zealand and every town has a dairy. That's what they're called. You go in and you can buy a pack of chips, um, probably a pack of, of cigarettes if you're that way inclined, although we're trying to, we're trying to <laughs> wait, fa- fa- phase that out. But it, most of these dairies, right, they have a little a, a counter where you go up and you lean over and there's all the different types of ice cream and they put them in a cone for you. Now there's that and then there's also the real fruit ice creams. So we've got lots mm. of orchards here. So then you get the, you know, those delicious ones and the waffle cones. Um, personally, I would recommend an American to have a real fruit, like mixed berry ice cream. Like in one of our in one of now our orchard talking. regions, go get a real fruit okay. ice cream. Brian, do you have anything? Do you, Brian, Brian, you got like are you gonna lob goody goody gumdrops or something? What do you reckon? No, I would I would recommend the Fijoa ice cream. And okay. a strawberry ice cream from one of the strawberry farms in Hawke's Bay. Okay. Ooh. Okay. 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 Now, now, Fijoa, is that spelled with a Z? I, I need a clarification so I can write that one down <laughs> for my parents. That, that's a phonetic Fijoa. A f-f-f. Okay. <laughs> that's a, it's okay. a phonetic that's F. A, um, can I, what, what we'll do right now, so proof of record, double eight double three, that's our text number. What flavor ice cream would you recommend, Alex Gruskin from Cracked Rackets? Mum, yeah, I know it's a strange question, but if you if you had to choose one, double eight double three, and we'll compile a list for you, and we'll send a list to you, Alex. Or actually, we'll tell you next time you come back on next week. How's that? That's all I can ask for. My dad is going to be so jealous. He's going to be like, "Why don't I get a question?" It's because you didn't ask about <laughs> ice cream, Dad. You asked about. He's like, "What do we do with our downtime in Auckland?" I was like, "I can't work with that." When my mom just goes, "What is the best ice cream flavor?" <laughs> I text her. I was like, "I am going to ask that directly because I just I love you so much right now." You, you won't be there. Well, we know downtime because you'll be going corner store to corner store, dairy to dairy, try, <laughs> sampling all of New Zealand's best ice cream. Alex, thanks so much, mate. We'll let you know what the survey uh, comes back with. You guys are the best. Thank you for having me.